Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Hello everyone, Poker and Politics here. Uh, today we're going to be talking about Donald Trump's fiendishly clever plan to win re-election and the ongoing battle between QAnon and Twitter where QAnon is winning. Uh, first, a quick shout-out. Uh, someone else has donated to my Patreon, which I am incredibly appreciative of. And uh, if you are interested in doing so, uh, it's linked in my pinned uh, tweet on Twitter. So uh, help me out. Get me out of the COVID mines that I'm currently working in. Uh, it sucks, but that's life when you are in the gaming industry. So to Stefan, thank you very much for tipping your dealers and taking care of me. Uh, beyond that, we're on to the nuts and bolts of Donald Trump's brilliant plans to win re-election. I know, I get it, we all have post-traumatic stress disorder from 2016 and Trump winning in the first place, and trust me, I know, uh, come election night, if you shoved a lump of coal up my ass by the time midnight came around, you'd have a diamond. I'm going to be nervous, I'm going to be terrified. Because no matter how rational and logical I might be, I also understand that nothing is over until it's over. When you are in a hand of poker and you're all in and you're winning and only one card can make you lose, guess what? That one card comes out every now and then. You you lose the hand you should have won. It's just the nature of the game. It's just something that happens. And that's what November 3rd is. It's it's actually running the board out, and we might be way ahead, but you got to run that board out, and you got to see that you've won, and then you can relax, then you can like slink back in your chair and get ready to stack your chips. But I've been hearing uh, all these different 
the sort of like ways to be terrified of this election, which I understand. I understand why people are terrified because there's so much at stake. Because four more years of Trump is just devastating, and it would be inconceivable to a rational person to acknowledge that that would be something that could be sustainable, really, because you have a total fucking moron as president who is being led around by the nose by Jared Ivanka and Stephen Miller and anyone else who happens to orbit in his sphere of influence and gets to talk to him. And he doesn't know how to handle anything. They don't know how to handle anything. So we are effectively leaderless, except for the fact that we are funneling money to the rich and powerful. And they're waiting for Ruth Bader Ginsburg to die so they can pack the Supreme Court full of even more crazy bullshit. And that's scary. It's really bad. But the thing is, is that really Trump is a moron. And he doesn't have the wherewithal or skill to do the things that people are scared of. Uh, I have seen it on Twitter a bunch that like uh, QAnon has turned apolitical people into Trump voters. And that this was a reserve that had been untapped before. That in 2016, Trump didn't have the Q vote, but now he does. And that's going to invalidate all the polls and prove that uh, there is a silent majority waiting to re-elect Trump in a landslide. Uh, I even heard Jake Rakotansky be uh, scared of this on the latest QAnon Anonymous podcast. And it's... Really, I mean, it's a great way to be to get yourself upset, but I think the ultimate example of QAnon's impotence at the ballot box is uh, our good friend Jeff Sessions. He literally appealed to QAnon the night before his runoff against Tommy Tupperville in Alabama. He went full-blown QAnon, just outright tweeted it out, was just like, hey, QAnon... I'm your boy. Vote Sessions. And in a Republican primary in Alabama, QAnon had no impact on the vote whatsoever. Sessions was demolished. And that's really what this comes down to, is that QAnon, for all of its impact on social media, for all of its ability to uh, sort of obtain mind space when you're dealing with these kinds of things online, in reality, the physical, actual numbers of QAnon are not that vast. I think absolutely high-end, there's probably a couple million people that buy into QAnon. Maybe, if that. And most of them were already on the Trump train. Most of them were already supporters of the president who just now support the president harder. Uh, Julian's Rum did a poll about this because he was just positive that uh, Trump had, again, the untapped reserve of QAnon to uh, call upon for his re-election campaign. And when the final voting came in for, like, what kind of a person were you? Did you vote for Trump in 2016 and you're going to vote for Trump in 2020? Or were you uh, a non-voter who's not going to vote for Trump? Or did you vote third party and then vote for Trump? Or did you even vote for Hillary and now you're going to vote for Trump? And um, 
the end result of Julian's poll was that about 25% of people were people that had not voted for Trump previously. So 75% of the people that he, that uh, Julian was polling said they had voted for Trump in 2016 and were going to just vote again to reelect him. So if you do the back of the cocktail napkin math there, even at its most powerful uh, numbers of 2 million, this would uh, translate to 500,000 more votes for Trump nationwide across America that he didn't have previously. And I would definitely venture to believe that over the last four years of incompetence that Trump has lost a half million votes in other places. So the QAnon vote coming up to uh, try to shore up his ranks isn't that powerful or strong. So I'm not too worried about that. I'm not worried about QAnon being the secret weapon that gets Trump over the top in this election. Because if it existed, they would be telling the pollsters about it. And it would be an overwhelming sign of their strength. Because QAnon lives only to talk about themselves and only to talk about how much they love Trump and support Trump. They would never, in a million years, think to themselves, we're going to lie to the pollsters about this. We're going to trick them into thinking we support Biden so we can hit him with a razzle-dazzle. And I've actually heard people say that, that, oh, right-wingers lie to pollsters. Oh, they, they do it all the time. They, they sow disinformation. And this is stupid and pointless and incredibly counterproductive. There was the poll that came out that had Biden up 56-44 over Trump. That's a 12-point gap. Imagine if Biden was up 12 nationally up till Election Day and that this was actually some sort of right-wing trick where we secretly tell the pollsters we're voting Biden but we're really voting Trump. And all that kind of stuff. The thing is, is that when you overwhelmingly show Biden as the winner, you demoralize your own side. You make your own side depressed and miserable. And people on that side who are down ballot, they abandon Trump. Or they distance themselves from Trump and they try to salvage themselves because they see the same polls everybody else sees. And on the other side of the equation, you create a bandwagon effect where people like backing a winner. They like voting for the person who wins so they can feel like they had a part of the victory. Yeah, I voted for President Biden. Fucking love that guy. And the only reason why they did it was because it's a bandwagon. It was a, th- it was a cool thing to do. All their friends are voting for Biden. Everyone on the television says Biden's going to win. I'll put him over the top. I'm going to put my shoulder into it and give Biden my vote. So it's it's insane to believe that this is some sort of mass right-wing conspiracy to, to rejigger the polls and set everybody up for the trap. They don't want that. I mean, QAnon would kill for Trump to be winning in the polls right now. They would, oh, they'd be, they'd be whipping their dicks out and slapping us in the face of them like you read about. 
Oh, yeah, Trump dominating. How you like that, motherfucker? Boom. Q sent me. I mean, they'd, they'd love it. They would love it, which is why they hate that Trump is losing in the polls. So they have to make up bullshit reasons for why he's really not losing because they can't uh, abide by weakness. The God Emperor cannot fail. The God Emperor cannot be defeated. And it's it's absurd. It's ridiculous. So you have all of that. You have the polling issue. You have the QAnon as a secret reserve issue. Then you have the post office. Now, the post office is bullshit. Like, what Trump is doing is obviously, like, terrible and bad, and I think it's alienating people. I think it will cost him votes uh, by making people's mail service uh, ineffective and crummy. And I think that the most important thing to know about that beyond the fact that he's like, oh, he's trying to sabotage the election by screwing with vote by mail. Pennsylvania, the governor already stepped in and said that they will pay the postage on all the um, envelopes that have ballots in them. People can fight back. There can be resistance to this. There can be ways and means by which to uh, mitigate the damage. Uh there are lock boxes where you can drop off your vote or you can drop your vote off with the your local board of electors. There's ways to do this to bypass the postal system and get your vote in. And if the postal system is like just totally hopelessly corrupted, you can vote in person. And I mean, I I live in Massachusetts. I'm going to be in and out in like 5 minutes on my voting. I fully acknowledge that I have this massive privilege because I live in a blue state that values democracy and we have lots of polling places and now we have delicious amounts of early voting which is awesome but beyond all that I would gladly wait in line for 10 hours to vote against Trump I would crawl across broken glass to vote against this motherfucker and I feel like a lot of people feel that way and if you have to do this if you have to spend the day to vote against this guy I think people will do it, and I think people know to do it. Uh, everyone was outraged when Wisconsin made uh, Wisconsin was made to vote in person on uh, election day in the primaries, in spite of COVID, and there was still massive turnout by the Democrats, and they won the big uh, Supreme Court in uh, Wisconsin's seat, the, the landslide victory for the Democrat, and. People thought that that was the thing that the Republicans were trying to uh, swindle. They were trying to uh, keep Democrats from voting or scare them off with COVID so that uh, they would win this election and keep their large majority on the uh, Wisconsin Supreme Court. And instead, they were blown out of the water, and now they only have a 4-3 majority. So I think that this is uh, the post office being rigged. They've, They've told us they're doing it. So it's out there. People know about it and people will come up with ways around it, be it uh, dropping off your vote at a lockbox or the uh, or election officials offices, whatever. There'll be ways around it. There'll be ways to handle this where they will not be able to deny you your vote in this situation. And Trump himself, after screaming about the corruption of vote by mail for forever, suddenly got the message from his staff, yo, boss, you're fucking pissing in your own pool, idiot. 
uh, we need the old people in Florida that want to vote for you to trust and vote by mail because if they don't believe in it, they might not vote at all, and we need them voting to give you any chance of winning Florida and thus the election. So Trump just came out and said, you know what's great? Vote by mail in Florida. Vote by mail in Florida is fucking incredible, and I recommend you do it. And that's that's totally how little thought he has in any of this. This is how totally inept he is. He just pivots, does a 180. He gets word from his staff that, well, we need vote by mail in Florida or we're going to lose bad. So he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's great there. But I'm going to sue Nevada to not allow vote by mail. Nevada is awesome. I voted there uh, in the elections that I was allowed to when I was a resident, which meant that I got to vote for Obama twice in uh, Nevada. And I voted. I early, I early voted both times, and it was quick and painless. Just in, out, beep, boop, done. And I, I did have to use an evil touchscreen voting machine, but the evil touchscreen voting machine printed out a paper receipt that I could visibly uh, look at and acknowledge as being accurate before I left. So there was a paper trail. There was a, uh, a there was a paper trail that uh, could be used to document all of the votes that I cast on that ballot. So Nevada, on top of their game, good early voting, good system of voting, uh, quick and painless. It took me like five minutes to vote. And I've mentioned this before, but they had voter ID. The voter ID was the last four of my social. I didn't have to show them anything physical. I didn't have to do anything. They were just like, what are the last four of your social? I told them. They looked it up, and they said, go get them, Mike. Go cast some votes. So there are ways to do voter ID without having to require someone to have a driver's license or other uh, documentation that they have to pay for. You could do date of birth. You could do last four social. You could do all kinds. Of, you could ask for address. There's all kinds of ways you can uh, verify someone's identity without requiring uh, actual uh, physical stuff that costs money. And Nevada knocked it out of the park. Ten out of ten would vote Nevada again. So yeah. So I'm. While the post office thing is troubling, it's not the end of the world. On top of that, they're trying to run Kanye West as a spoiler, and it's obvious what they're doing. All of Kanye's ridiculous uh, petitions to states to get on the ballot are that. They are ridiculous. It's been an absolute clown fiesta of just Kanye showing up with not nearly enough uh, signatures to pass scrutiny, Republicans are very obviously helping him. It is the most unbelievably cynical and stupid uh, move in the world where they're just like, Kanye is black and black people vote for Democrats. Maybe we'll get some black people to vote for the black guy. And totally ignoring the fact that Kanye has acted like a lunatic Trump supporter for years on end. And it's very obvious what he's doing. And... I don't think he's going to get on the ballot in Wisconsin from what I read about his uh, signatures. He he probably didn't even have enough to make the ballot. And even if he did, uh, the immediate challenge that will happen, followed by the exorbitant exorbitant number of signatures that get struck down, will be incredible. The thing is, is that when you file one of these petitions, when you uh, file to run 
you have to have your signatures hold up to challenges. And a lot of times, even a good signature will get struck down due to some sort of problem with it. So you always have to pad your total. If you need 5,000 signatures to make it on a ballot, you should probably bring like 8,000 signatures just to have overwhelming numbers of signatures so that if someone does file a challenge and they strike down a quarter of your signatures, you still have enough to get over the hump and get on the ballot. So uh, from all accounts, Kanye has not done this. And I just think that it's, it, it is really indicative of how desperate and hopeless they are that this is what they're doing, that they're, they're devoting time and energy to trying to get Kanye on the ballot in a few swing states. And it's such an obvious troll because he's not going to be on the ballot in the vast majority of states. They're just trying to get him on the ballot now in Wisconsin and Ohio, and that's, like, it. So, like, even if you had this disease-minded person who is voting for Kanye West to be president, they would know that Kanye West could not win enough electoral votes to become president because he's not on the ballot in nearly enough states. It just wouldn't work out. So it's really, really cynical and obvious and stupid. And this is what they're doing. This is what they're wasting their time on. Uh, telling us that vote by mail sucks then telling us that vote by mail is good in Florida. Um, trying to get Kanye West on the ballot because they think that might help. Um. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Trying to destroy the postal service and doing it very overtly and obviously in such a way that we can sidestep it. I mean, they don't have real plans because they are morons. They are people who were in over their heads the whole time. And they only won the last election because much smarter people were able to barely get them over the finish line in the most ridiculous series of events possible. And now we've had four years of this idiot as president and no one likes him. I mean, keep in mind, people are just like, oh, he's only going to lose because of this pandemic and this and this and this and all the mistakes he made. He was down 10 to Biden in national polls before COVID hit. He made the phone call to Ukraine about digging up dirt on Biden because he saw the Fox News poll that said he was down 10 to Biden. And he was just like, fuck, I'm I'm getting my ass kicked by this guy. I got to do something to knock Joe Biden down a peg or two. So he calls up the Ukraine. He's like, hey, Ukraine, tell the world you're investigating Biden for corruption. And if you don't, I won't give you the stuff I promised we would give you. But if you do, you'll get your stuff. So, yes, I'm abusing the power of the presidency to try to help myself win a re-election. Hope that isn't illegal or anything. Hope I don't get impeached over it. So 
I mean, this has been the way it always was. This is why we had everyone bigger than Dogcatcher and Topeka declare for the Democratic nomination for president because if you were the Democratic nominee, you were going to win the popular vote most likely. It was almost, I, I think that it would be incredibly unlikely for the Democrat to not win the popular vote. And if you're going to win the popular vote, then all you have to do is have the right things break in the right states and you're the president. I mean, Mayor Pete was polling ahead of Trump. We could have had President Buttigieg, which is something no one would have said in 2019, except for really hardcore fans of Mayor Pete. But that's why he ran, because if Pete Mania ran wild, and he was the nominee, he would probably be up on Trump, not as much as Biden, but he'd be up. And we would be learning about Mayor Pete. Potentially our first gay president with a first dude. Wouldn't that be interesting? I mean, all of that kind of stuff. It was out there. It was it was a possibility. So, I mean, work. Give money if you can. Give time if you can. At the very absolute least, vote. Please vote. Please register people to vote if you can. Put in the work that you can to do the work that you can to make sure that Trump loses on November 3rd. But don't freak out about this. I mean, it doesn't help anyone. There's no benefit to being upset or outraged or worried about anything. Uh, just, just do what you can and control what you can. And that's really it in a nutshell. It's just doing that. And again, rational brain, everything logical and coherent in this world, Trump's going to get killed. I mean, we're now going to be hitting this weekend. And this is going to be the second weekend in a row where everyone who was getting their uh, unemployment bump from the uh, re- increased unemployment insurance, this is going to be their second straight week of not getting it. This is going to be their second straight week of getting whatever thin gruel their states give them without the 600. And there's going to be the evictions. And the Republicans are going to dither on this because they just can't govern. And then on top of that, you're going to have all these children going to school and getting sick. And spreading it. Because we can't, we have not controlled COVID. And we can't control COVID with this moron running the country and leading this anti-science, anti-knowledge, anti-everything agenda of his. So the schools being open is going to be, in in a month, it is going to be an absolute fucking shit show. Just think, if we don't get a bill in a month for more unemployment insurance, more help for people the damage that's going to do. It's already going to be bad because they can't just turn the money spigot back on. They just can't throw the money out and we're going to get it. There'll be a back. There'll be a backfill, but imagine having to wait two or three weeks before that extra pile of money finally comes in. Uh, it's going to be... You're going to have to find understanding landlords are going to wait for you to have that money. You're going to have to have... And you're not going to be able to pay any of your other bills... Uh, so, the Republicans are just absolutely working as hard as humanly possible to show America that they cannot govern, they don't know what they're doing, and they're a bunch of goddamn fucking nihilists, and they're going to kill a bunch of children and a bunch of people's families, and you're going to have a bunch of old teachers dying, and that, when a teacher dies, that hurts a lot of people, because hundreds and hundreds of people 
remember that teacher. Oh, I had Mrs. Collins in fifth grade. She was great. Oh, I had Mr. Stevens in in, the, in junior high in, in, in one of my junior year of high school. Mastery actually helped me get that shit. I mean, some dead code. I mean, just that's a Lincoln Project ad just waiting to happen. Just taking like teachers in swing states who die of COVID and just airing their grieving former students or current students or anyone. Just it's all there. I mean. Trump is losing right now, and he is just setting up to just drop the bottom. Just he's just he's like a cartoon character, just sawing a circle around himself, so he can just fall through the floor into the basement. That's really what's happening, and I just really it's gonna be it's gonna be really ugly. I I, I really think the Republicans are going to get destroyed in the most unimaginable way because they don't care. They're dumb nihilists who look at what's happening and they say to themselves, yeah, this sucks, but what does it really matter to me in the long run? Because in the long run, I'll become a lobbyist or maybe my state, my seat is so gerrymandered or I'm in such a red state that they won't throw me out on my ass. But whatever, even if they throw me out, I'll just become a lobbyist. And the Republican Party itself, well, once Biden gets in... We'll create a new Tea Party, and in 2022, we'll come close to winning the House or win the House, or maybe we'll win the Senate. In 2024, maybe Biden wins re-election, maybe we can catch him if the economy is still bad, but whatever. But the American people, they forgive us. We've never been out of power for more than eight years. Uh, We had... Eight years of really solid prosperity under Bill Clinton, and we managed to con America into electing George W. Bush, who was a moron to be president. And then after he fucked things up for eight years and got reelected, Obama came in and cleaned up his mess, and we rewarded Obama by electing Donald Trump to fuck him up and to try to destroy his legacy. So... They don't care. They look at this in the long term, and they're just like, you know what? Even if Trump goes down here, and even if we do unimaginable damage, by 2028, we'll have Fox News cranking. We'll have whatever we need going, going for us. Who are the Democrats going to nominate in 2028? I mean, it'll be uh, Biden's vice president, most likely, as one candidate, but you know who else will probably be running in 2028 if uh, everything stays true to form? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And, oh, socialist lady, ooh, misogyny and socialism all rolled up into one. Oh, they'd love to run against AOC. I mean, I think she'd be, uh, she'd have a chance to win, but I can totally see her being someone that would have the massive headwind of crippling misogyny and socialism going against her. So that'd be that'd be fun in that sense. And you've got so many dumb white stiffs just waiting to take that spot. You got Howley, you got Cotton, you got Michael Flynn. You just have all these people. And then you can you can and then Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio can come in and give it a shot again. Maybe Rand Paul will kick that tire. Who knows? But, I mean, you... 
we're going to be so far removed from where we are right now. And you'll just have the American people in their standard kind of dithering being like, well, we gave the Democrats eight years. What's the harm letting the Republicans have the steering wheel for a little while? Eh, who knows? Let's let's give it a try. So, I mean, there's no, like, in a way, there's no stakes for the Republicans. Because they're the alternative, and they just believe that it's inevitable that they'll get power some way, shape, or form. They have the blessing of the rich, and they have enough dumb racists in America that will vote for them. So, hey, Trump loses, it sucks, but being the opposition party for a few years is no big deal, and we'll be back in power sooner rather than later, because that's the nature of America. That's the nature of the Republican Party. So I just don't think that there's really that uh, big of a concern if they have to take an L here, because it, really, it never hurts them in the long run. It hasn't punished them in any way, shape, or form that really matters. The Republican Party hasn't been discredited and destroyed the way it needs to have been, but maybe that maybe that'll happen this time. Hopefully it will, but until it does, they're not going to change how they operate. We'll be glad to make you homeless and make your kids go to schools filled with COVID and, and get them sick and have them come home and get you sick. Because you'll get over that COVID in eight years and you'll elect Tom Cotton president because he's going to make America safe or whatever his bullshit slogan is going to be. Eh, hey, that's politics, buddy. Nice, cynical, absolutely amoral politics. And on to our second story. You got QAnon fighting Twitter. Twitter sucks at this. They just suck. And QAnon's getting even more aggressive and brazen. Prank Medic posted a thing where he's like, here's how you ban evade, idiots. They're just completely, totally uncaring about this. This is, to them what going to jail is for people in the mob. It's just the price of doing business. You're just going to catch a few years sooner or later for doing something. So you just shut up. You don't rat anybody out. You get your five-year sentence, and you get out in a couple years for good behavior because you've bought off somebody on the parole board. And that's how it, that's how it is. So getting your account nuked is no big deal. You just immediately make a new account. You immediately tell everybody, hey, it's me. And then all the grifters who help each other out tell everybody to re-follow you. That you lost your account to Twitter being mean and making you feel sad. And bam, you get your you get your audience back. You, be, you go right back to where you were. And the fact that Twitter does not uh, do anything to stop these uh, follow chains that literally des are designed to circumvent bans is ridiculous. And the fact that these people don't get banned on site for their new accounts where they're just openly saying what they're doing. And this is why Twitter needs a ban evasion option for a reason why you're flagging a account. Or a reason why you're flagging a tweet. Because this is a real thing that really happens. And they're not being subtle about it. They're not trying to trick anybody. 
they're just outright saying they're ban evading. And if saying that you're ban evading and obviously doing so would get you immediately banned, if doing that would get your account pulled in 24 hours, they would have to resort to different tactics. They would have to become more subtle. It would be harder for them to rebuild their audience because this kind of bullshit would not fly or be tolerated. But all Twitter wants to do is just ban the real accounts of these people and let them make their burners and then let them rebuild their audiences. And then Twitter can go to the press and be like, we, we took down all these big QAnon promoters. Look at this list. Look at the scallops we collected. And guess what? You're literally killing a video game character and the video game character just respawns. You're not doing any actual damage. You are not res- you are not removing these people from the social media platform. Period. It's it's a joke, and it's should not. People should be should know it and call it out. This should not be a PR stunt that works. It should be a PR stunt that fails, and Twitter should be ashamed of themselves for what they have done. So uh, that's my little two cents about that. On to ye old questions. Troy Francis says, what's the hierarchy of conspiracy theories right now? I'm assuming QAnon is at the top, but what else is going on out there? Is the New World Order Illuminati still a big deal? And do some of these guys disavow Q? Can you speak on the broader conspiracy ecosystem? Um, There are anti-Q Illuminati New World Order people. Um, My good friend, uh, A Call for an Uprising, is definitely one of them. Um... Being anti-Q, pro-Illuminati New World Order is kind of tough in a way because you're literally saying the same shit only in your uh, telling of the tale you're just lumping in Q with the Illuminati New World Order. You're just saying, oh yeah, by the way, Q is also Illuminati. Q is also part of the NWO, which the problem is is that it's just depressing. Um these, uh, the rally that the QAnon Anonymous podcast went to, you have all these people who are so cheerful and hopeful and they're kind of inspired and they, and they want to save the kids and it's all that kind of like happy stuff. And a lot of that comes from the fact that QAnon promotes this idea that they are going to fix things, that uh, these children are going to be saved by Q and that you are helping promote the truth that will lead to the salvation of these children. Whereas when you believe in the New World Order, you're just totally fucked. There's nothing you can do. If you ever broadcast the truth, a uh, a cabal death squad will arrive at your door and, and basically offer you the choice of surrendering to the New World Order or be summarily executed. Um... It's grim. It's really, really uh, depressing. So once you understand that the New World Order stuff is so bleak, you're never going to get 200 people to show up at a rally for the New World Order stuff because they would just think that a New World Order death squad would murder all of them. So the happy, cheerful Q stuff, the save the kids, we're changing the world, we're leading the revolution, it's going to make everything better. All of that happy horseshit really is what makes QAnon so much more popular and more mainstream than the rest of it. 
because optimism sells. And that's the thing. That's really the thing is that when you look at the surface level QAnon stuff, it's drain the swamp, it's save the children, it's fight corruption. And everyone, everyone wants to do those things. Those things are good. Those things are positive. And then you find out a little while later that it's just like, oh, man, fuck, this stuff's terrible. It's just awful. So, yeah, QAnon is definitely the top dog. But again, when Trump loses in November, then it's going to get really interesting because the hope aspect will go away and you'll now just be left with the New World Order. So that'll be tons of uh, crumminess for those involved. And uh, finally, uh, Kaiju, and that's actually how they say their name on Twitter, so please don't yell at me, says, uh, with Facebook banhammering one of the larger QAnon groups today, do you think this is a sign of things to come, or is it an abnormality? Yeah, I am so tired and punchy. Uh, I really, again, it... It really doesn't depend on nuking the actual group, because doing that is like the first step, but it is meaningless. It is like landing a soft jab. The only thing that matters now is what are your follow-up punches? Do you give them a hard hook to the ribs and then hit them with an uppercut to the chin and really knock them down? Or do you just flick that little jab out there and be like, ooh, I took away your, your group, and then the group reformats with a slightly different name? And then Facebook just goes, yep, look at what we did. Victory is ours. Man, we sure took care of those guys. So, I mean, it really is that. It's just a question of what's the follow-through? What's the actual effort that Facebook is going to put into this? Because if they don't put much effort into it, then it's going to end up being the exact same thing as Twitter, where it's all just a bunch of PR bullshit, and it doesn't amount to a goddamn hill of beans. So uh, we will see. Time will tell on Facebook. But given uh, Twitter's less than sparkling uh, results, not too hopeful. Just not very hopeful on this. So uh, that it will be ye old podcast for this uh, Thursday evening. Uh, I may be getting out of work early sometime this weekend, Friday, maybe Saturday. And if I do... Uh, I might jump on Twitch with a little heads-up warning for a few hours and play some Catan, maybe some Secret Hitler. Maybe I'll just get my head kicked in and some chess. Well, we'll, I'll do something. I will do something to try to uh, entertain the masses, as it were, via the powers of gaming. So uh, I'll do that. I'll have a podcast on Sunday. Uh, Hope you're all safe. Hope you're all having as good a time as you can in Hell World. And I will talk to you all soon. 
Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>